Well, it's my pleasure to introduce to you our Pastor Chip Luter. He is the Senior Associate Pastor at Franklin Avenue Baptist Church, uh, a sister church that we dearly love and have partnered with. They do wonderful things in this city, and it is a pleasure to to hear hear you preach the word today. So thanks Amen. for joining us. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Hey, it is, uh, it is the joy to come back uh, to our second home. Uh, for those who, who are here uh, the years after Katrina, uh, for I believe just over two years, this was the home of Franklin Avenue sharing with First Baptist. And uh, I don't think uh, a lot of people realize uh, just the sheer impact of our two churches coming together, especially in a time of in that season. And so uh, our lives were made better. Uh, because of First Baptist New Orleans. Uh, another thing, and by the way, let me just say this now, Psalms 27, where I'll be coming from today, Psalm 27. As I give some of these opening remarks, you can start turning there, Psalm 27. Um, but I, I don't know if everybody realizes, uh, we have online streaming today because of First Baptist New Orleans. All right, let me let you guys know that. Uh, there was just a, a cutting-edge piece of technology that you guys had those years, and it was offered to the church, hey, if, do you want to stream the services online in case some of your members who are away want to watch? And that began the revolution uh, for our church. And so we first got to online streaming because of you, and we are forever grateful, forever grateful for what you've done. I know our men's ministries, our women's ministries, Sunday school classes, we're doing all kinds of things together. And so just grateful that uh, when Pastor Chad called me, uh, my former neighbor. Uh, I don't know about when me and my wife Jasmine moved here last, back from Florida last year, we were neighbors with the Gilberts and, uh, and, and, and what great neighbors they were. Um, I don't know how good we were, but they were great neighbors to us. And so, uh, <laughs> so uh, but it's great. Uh, and when he asked me, of course, I did not take long to decide. It was just great uh, to, be, uh, to be there. So I uh, also, also want to recognize a couple friends of mine, um, my boy Devante and Shai, some friends out from Franklin Avenue to Brian. Just wave your hands, guys. They, they came to support me today. Appreciate, appreciate them so much. And also Pastor Marshall, Sister Stephanie. Uh, good, uh, but look, the Marshalls have watched me growing up since I was a kid, and so great to see them. Uh, but definitely want my family to say, and this is my wife, Jasmine. This is my son, Drew, my daughter, Zoe, and our daughter, uh, baby girl, Gabby, uh, baby girl, Gabby or Sarah. So give them a hand. Amen. Gabby's already letting her know. So that is, that is the Luter crew. Uh, me and Jasmine married 11 years in a row. Praise God. Come. This coming December, we hope to uh, make 12 years, if she keeps me that long, December 11th. And so uh, we are looking forward to celebrate that. Uh, Drew, he's, he's actually Fred the Fourth. For those who don't know, I'm Fred the Third. Chip hasn't chip off the old block. He's Fred the Fourth. We call him Drew, which is short for quadruple. All right? Amen. So we, he's Drew. And, of course, being in New Orleans, we love the name Drew. We actually miss Drew a lot, don't we? And then we have uh, Zoe Grace, who is seven now, and baby Gabby, who is seven months. And so next year, February 7th, uh, Gabby will turn one. And then a couple weeks later, on February 21st, Drew will turn 10. Just wanted to let y'all know how strategic planning works in our household. Amen. <laughs> Psalm 27 is where I'll be coming from today. Man, what a joy it is to be here with you. We'll read the length of the whole chapter, and I'll be using the uh, CSB, Christian Standard Bible. Psalm 27. And we'll read the whole chapter. If you're there, say, I'm there. Woo, we're going to have a good day. That's good. That's, you guys ready. You ready for it. Psalm 27, starting at verse 1, said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? 
when evildoers come against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell. Though an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. Though war breaks out against me, I will be confident. Here's a key text for us today. I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking him in his temple. For he will conceal me in his shelter in the day of adversity. He will hide me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be high above enemy, my enemies around me. I will offer sacrifices in his tent with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to me and answer me. My heart says this about you. Seek his face. Lord, I will seek your face. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not leave me or abandon me, God of my salvation. Even if my mother and father abandon me, the Lord cares for me. Because of my adversaries, show me your way, Lord, and lead me on a level path. Do not give me over to the will of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing violence. I am certain that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for this is your word. And God, in our worship experience, God, we always have a moment that like we've just had where we get to speak to you, God, and we've done that through our praise and worship, God. We've communicated to you. But Lord, now we make this transition in our worship time that you now speak to us. And God, I'm just going to speak of my own personal opinion. Lord, I, 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 I look forward way more to what you have to say to me than what I have to say to you. So God, I pray right now, God, that you would speak to all of our hearts, God. Open our hearts and our minds and our souls. God, minimize and eliminate any distractions that will stop us from accessing your word. Speak now, your servants are listening. And God, let us not just be uh, looking forward to the information of this message and the information of this text. But Lord, let us look forward to the application. Lord, it is in the application of the word of God that we will experience the transformation of the gospel. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, let us say, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk this morning from the subject, one desire. Somebody say, one desire. I want to talk about one desire. Brothers and sisters, I don't know if you've ever played the game this or that, but I want to do a little this or that with you this morning. Is that all right? Is that all right? All right. Um, this or that, beignets or bread pudding? Wow. Let me do, just by show of hands, beignets, hands down, bread pudding. Okay, all right, all right. Um, Creole creamery ice cream, my God. Mm. Or snowballs. Creole Creamery, Snowballs. Okay, all right, all right. Got a little, okay, we've divided the room. Okay, um, Popeyes or Chick-fil-A? Popeyes in the room, Chick-fil-A in the room. All right, all right. I'm going to let you know, only one of them open on Sunday. I'm just kidding. That's, that was a cheap shot. That's not, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. All right. A cruise vacation or beach vacation? Cruise vacation, beach vacation. Okay, all right, all right. Um, Mardi Gras or Jazz Fest? 
Mardi Gras in the house. Jazz Fest in the house. Okay, all right, all right. I would have said Fried Chicken Fest, but I was there yesterday, and oh boy, what what a time we had. Just felt like felt like sanctuary. I just, I was, we were where we needed to be yesterday. I was just, weather was great. It was all good. All right, la, uh, okay. Last but not least, last but not least, the Saints game, or church. Oh, no, don't raise your hand. Don't when I do it. Now, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't even do it. Don't even do it. Pastor Chad's gonna get updates. Don't even do it. Don't even do it. It's difficult choosing one thing when both options seem pretty good. Amen? When you think about options we have in life, sometimes it's the most difficult decision when both options seem pretty good. Think about it. It's not difficult when only one option is the only thing that matters. If I were to say to you, saints or falcons, everybody who's saved knows the answer to that question. I mean, we, we, we know that, right? But, but if it was, a, it, it, there are certain decisions that are not difficult. I mean, think about it. You've probably played Would You Rather sometime, and Would You Rather is made of a games of giving you two examples of you don't ever want to do, but those are easy decisions to make. Well, the book of Psalms, as we get into this today, we know already the book of Psalms primary is the primary hymn book of the Bible. There are many writers that make up this book, and most well-known is King David, and he's the author of this psalm in chapter 27. But the question is, why is it difficult to choose one thing when you have a plethora? I know it's a big college word. I learned that in the dictionary. Uh, when you have a plethora of options, of seemingly good options. See, if this was tough, imagine how these options are. In the world we live in today, people are choosing between the Lord, prestige, popularity, or power. And some people would like to have all of the above. But when you choose the Lord, everything else comes second place. When we look at what we are tempted to focus on in this world, it becomes challenging to make the Lord our main desire of all things. Think about it. Every day, there is something or someone trying to get the attention away from the Lord and get it on something else. As a matter of fact, one thing that we also saw at the festival yesterday, which was not a shock at all, was all the signage of the political status of our city right now. There was one tent about recall Cantrell. There was, there was uh, political signs, a person running for this office and this office and this office. And all around the city right now in this campaign season, there's a lot of people vying for our attention because of a decision we believe will make our city or make our, our communities better. But outside of politics, we know also our passions can give us distractions, things we love, things we like to do, but they are vying sometimes for our attention that can take it away from the Lord. Our education could take our attention away. Even our family, our career, our, the athletics we do, academics, or even our hobbies. Now, you know, one battle we have in my household a few times every year, and it's even become more with, with more uh, things that they wrote out is, I'm a big Marvel fan. All right, anybody who's around me long enough and talks about my hobbies, I'm a huge Marvel fan. I probably almost have every movie. Even as we've gotten Disney+, Plus, I still buy certain things on digital so I can watch it on my time. And there are a couple times a year when a movie comes out, my wife already knows we've made an agreement. We, it is the hall pass that I've been given in our marriage that even if I have to go by myself, I'm going to the theater. 
did that recently last year in December when Spider-Man No Way Home came out and one of the greatest Spider-Man movies I've ever seen. And, 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 and because our church staff had the audacity, had just the unmitigated goal to schedule the staff Christmas party on opening day. Because, see, I'm a Friday morning movie guy now. I'm not what I used to be where I go at night because at night it's just too many people. And no offense, no offense, too many teenagers. See, not a teenager just all around wrote me off. Maybe some just started paying attention, but some just wrote me off. It's just too many of y'all at the theater at night. I got to enjoy my film. And then, and then also at night, if it's not the teenagers, it's the people who like to talk too much in the theater. Can I get one amen? amen. If you're not saying amen, maybe you're the talker. <laughs> but every time a movie comes out, I've got to get to the theater. And so I went late Thursday night. I went for like an 11 p.m. show and didn't get home till 2 o'clock in the morning because I like it. Now, here's the thing. Me and my wife have worked it out, but can you imagine if I said, you know what, Jazz, I know we have to have a date night, but I need to get to Marvel first. That'd be, that'd be pretty bad, wouldn't it? <laughs> because my priorities should be my marriage, but even worse would be, I'd love to get in God's word, I'd love to pray, I'd love to do what God wants me to do, but at first, first I need to take care of Marvel. See, brothers and sisters, all of us have something in our lives that tries to distract us or get us away from the main thing. And in our passage of Scripture, in our chapter of Psalm 27, this psalmist has some very great words of, uh, of just, just real emotions and worship toward the Lord that I want us to glean from the day as we talk about this one desire, and especially if we're going to make our one desire for the Lord. I'm going to give you just a few observations I want us to see in this text, and then we'll move to application. The first observation I want to see is look at the proclamations in this text. Somebody say proclamations. The proclamations are all throughout, they're all throughout, chapter, uh, all throughout verses 1 through 6. All of this is proclamation, that saying that, that the Lord is, is my light and my salvation. He says the Lord is my security. I am secure in God. Verses 1 through 3 proclaim that I have a stronghold. I have this fortified place. In the Hebrews, it means fortified place. It's similar to what we see in Psalm 23, showing the confidence that just as the Lord is my shepherd, in Psalm 23 and Psalm 27, the Lord is my stronghold. He's my security. But then also the proclamation in verse 4 shows the priority and intimacy that David has with God. That I have asked for one thing from the Lord. That, that, that the priority is the Lord, I want to dwell in your house. I want to gaze upon the beauty of your temple. Think about, look at the priority there in that text, that I've only asked one thing that, that I, I want to search out, I want to strive after, I want to ask, I want to inquire, I, I want to be with God. See, there's a difference between someone who dwells and someone who visits, amen? See, when, when, when I grew up in my parents' household, you know, that, that, that was my dwelling place, right? that, that, that was home, right? Uh, New Orleans East off of Bullet Avenue, all right? That's, that was my home. But an interesting thing happened. I left for college, and then leaving for college, I always noticed when I came back to visit, stuff changed in the house. And see, the people laughing, you know who you are because you're doing it too. And those who aren't laughing, you're waiting. You're, you, you don't want to hide the emotions because you've got young kids in your house right now, and the, and the way you look at their room today is not the way you're going to look at their room when they're off to college and they have their own place, right? 
But 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 the interesting thing that the longer I moved out of the home, the less the home became the dwelling because now it was just a place I could visit, like all parents want to do at some point, even if they don't say it out loud. Just yeah, let's just keep it between us, right? But here's the thing about it: now married, have our own home. When I go back home, home is a place we visit. It's not the place we dwell. And what David is saying is, when you dwell somewhere, you don't plan to leave soon. Amen? And he said, the one thing I've asked for the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in his house and inquire in his house. I want to stay here. I want to abide here. I want to linger here. I'm not trying to go soon. Look, when you visit somewhere, this is what you do. What time, what time are leaving? That's when you visit somewhere. Or a matter of fact, if you have to visit somewhere that you already know you don't want to be there long, you talk about your escape plan before you get to the place. Amen? Hey, hey, so listen, uh, what's the signal? Is that a time? Is that, are you going you gonna, to you know, hit your nose a little bit? You're going to tap your ear? Because when I get that signal, we are out of here. That's not what David's saying about the Lord. That here's the thing about the Lord. I want to dwell in the house all the days of my life. And then not only dwell, I want to gaze upon the beauty of his temple. And see, in this passage, you have David asking something and seeking something at the same time. I'm asking the Lord to dwell in his house, but I'm also seeking him at the same time, that this is the intimacy that I want to I dwell, I want to remain, I want to settle here. Even John 15, 7 uh, has a great text that we love in the New Testament. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But then he goes on even in verse 5 and proclaims that the Lord is my covering. He said, he will hide me. He will conceal me in his shelter. Then he also proclaims in verse 6 that the worship that he proclaims, that then uh, uh, my head will be above my enemies. I will offer sacrifices in his tent with shouts of joy. And then he said, the Lord cares. He, in, in verse 10, he said, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord cares for me. You know, what a word that we need, especially today and at another time. You know, I'd love for everybody in this room and everybody that watches this church online to understand that even when your biological family isn't there for you, there's someone who's been with you even before the foundations of the world. He's known you. And even if mother and father abandon you, you have a father on high who never leaves, who's always by your side, and he will always be what you need in every season of life. Amen? And he said, this is the care God will always take care of me, but then there's the goodness. Verse 13 says, I am certain that I will see the goodness in the land of the living. David makes these proclamations, but then secondly, look at David's prayer. Look at David's prayer. His prayer from verses 7 to 9 and then 11 and 12, Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to me and answer me. My heart says this about you, seek his face. Lord, I will seek your face. Lord, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away. Because of my adversaries, show me your way, Lord. Lead me on the level path. Do not give me over to the will of my foes or for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing violence. He says, Lord, listen to my prayer. He says, Lord, receive my prayer. He says, Lord, respond to my prayer. Even Psalms 24, 6 says, such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of God. And then 105 verse 4 says, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence continually. 
David says, I will do as your word says. Do not forsake me. Stay close to me. Keep me near you. Teach me. Lead me on a level path. Protect me from enemies. And do you see once again the similarities to Psalm 23? All the personal pronouns, like, that this is a personal relationship with God. And all of us in this room and, and who are watching, everybody should know this kind of personal relationship with God. And if you don't have this personal relationship with God, we'd love to introduce you to Jesus today, that this very day your life can change and you can have just as personal as relationship with Lord as we see David in this text. David has a prayer that shows his relationship and his closeness with God. But then we see an exhortation. We see proclamation, we see prayer, but then we see the exhortation in verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. See, he repeats this phrase, this phrase twice, which implies an emphasis. No, no, really, really do this. Ever had somebody repeat something more than once? Well, usually if I repeat something, I really want you to get it. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Well, I'm pretty sure that David was just as human as we are because all of us know the struggle of waiting. Anybody had to wait at a doctor's office? Anybody had to wait in line? Matter of fact, speaking of Popeyes, I don't know how they continually do it. I came home last, we came home last year, and after being in Florida for uh, five, six years, pastoring a campus out there of Ottawa Baptist Church in Sulphur Springs and and, and, and I, when I came back, there were new restaurants that I know weren't here when we left. It's like one place like Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken. I, that, was new, that, that wasn't here six years ago. And, all these other, and I was like, but Raisin Cane's and Popeye's still have these long lines. How in the world do they keep doing it? But, but you waited a long line. Ever had to wait to get into a Saints game? Right? Ever, oh, how about this? Ever had to wait in the airport with a delayed flight? I mean, man, it, it, it makes you think, man, if I just made enough for a private jet, like what, what could I do differently so I could leave from the lakefront airport instead of MSY? Like what, what could I do? Have you ever had to wait for a diagnosis? Have you, have you ever had to wait for a change in a loved one? Waiting, have you ever had to wait for an answer from God? We struggle with waiting. But notice in the text who you're waiting on. You're waiting on the one who not sometimes, who's not maybe, who has always delivered on his promises. We're waiting on God. We're waiting on the one who knows us better than we know ourselves. And David makes this exhortation, but he also makes another exhortation, and he says, be strong and courageous. Isn't it interesting that with the weight in between the two phrases of wait on the Lord, in between is be strong and let your heart be courageous. Because isn't it just like in, in being patient, you need strength and you need courage. Because if we don't have strength, we may go ahead of God and we'll mess up something in the process. If we, in our waiting and, and if we're being impatient, we may do something that hurts our relationship with God or hurts the people around us because we didn't have the strength or the courage to just not do anything and wait on God. There's another scripture that hints toward this. Psalm 31, 24 says, be strong. Let your heart take courage, all you who wait on the Lord. Deuteronomy 31, 7, Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of Israel, be strong and courageous. You shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has shown 
that, that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. Joshua 1 and 6, uh, verse 6, 9, even verse 18, we see this over and over again. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command them shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Is the Bible trying to make a point? Yes, it is. Be strong. Be courageous. So if, if with these observations that we see in this text, what's the application for us to walk out with today? Well, just three things I would love for us to walk out with today by way of application. Number one, if we're going to make God our one desire, if he's going to be the one thing in our life, number one, we have to totally trust in the Lord. Somebody say totally trust in the Lord. We have to totally trust in the Lord the Lord. See, by choosing to trust in God, you are also releasing trust in yourself and your own devices. You know, one of the challenges we have the most in totally trusting in God is that there may be something or someone in our lives we actually depend on more than him. Matter of fact, I used to have this fun back and forth with um, a man by the name of Ray Acosta. He's home with the Lord now, but this brother was a blessing in my life. And uh, when I first got to Idlewild as a campus pastor, uh, I think the Lord knew that administration was not my strength because Ray Acosta was the guy not just, uh, he's a, he's a former, he was a former Air Force veteran. He was a former executive when, uh, when there, there was a company called GTE before there was Verizon. Uh, he was a project manager. He had all this on his resume, and I think the church knew, we know what Chip's not good at, so we're going to give him a strength in his weakness. <laughs> And then the Lord even come, because even after Ray went home to be with the Lord and we had to get somebody else um, uh, for that position, uh, we hired another brother uh, named Hank who was, a, who was a former Marine. So, so God said, listen, I'm, I'm really going to get you organized in your life. But I'll never forget Ray. Uh, we always had fun back and forth because this brother was man. Yes, he knew the Lord. He trusted the Lord. But this brother, uh, he had money in the stock market, all right? And I'll never forget sometimes coming in the office, say, hey, Ray, how's, how's it going? Oh, pastor's going good, but, man, Dow Jones is down. NASDAQ is down. I said, I said Ray, really? Is it really that bad? Oh, yeah. And he used to explain to me, kind of all in his out. And he was like, I, I was so enamored with it. But the reason why we always had this fun back and forth is because I was never really moved by the points up and down. Do you know why? Because I didn't have as much in it like Ray had. <laughs> like Ray, like Ray he, he would check it. He would, he would check the, the, what happened. And even and like, if some go down one point, oh, man, that's this many dollars. Like, really? That much? No way. And here's the thing. Now, Ray was a guy, he did not, that wasn't his total dependence. That's what he did. But, he, but I just took away this. It's amazing. You pay attention for what you're invested in. Amen, somebody? We, uh, let's get away from the stock market. Think about children. When you're invested in your children's lives, you pay attention to things different from other people's children who you're not as invested in. In the same way, if you're trusting in God, it's easy to make him your one thing. If you totally trust and depend on him, you can see 
the goodness of him. You can see the righteousness of him. And even when it's tough to see when bad things happen, you can still follow him. See, too many times we seek the security of our human relationships and connections when our only true hope can only be found in God. I'm glad we have connections. I'm glad we have networking. I'm glad we have people that we can trust, but there's nobody in life that we can depend on like God. So what are we trusting? We're trusting in one. We're trusting in the light of the Lord. We're trusting also in the salvation of the Lord, and we're trusting in the protection and the provision of the Lord. That's why no matter how the election goes, I know who my dependence is in. That's why no matter which way the stock markets goes, I know who my trust is in. That's why no matter which way the war goes or which way the country goes, I know because I trust in the Lord. It doesn't matter if I get the diagnosis and whether it's a good or bad or even ugly diagnosis, I know I'll trust in the Lord. doesn't matter if the bank account has a lot or has little, I know I can trust in the Lord. Secondly, not only do we need to totally trust the Lord, but secondly, we need to desperately seek the Lord. Desperately seek the Lord. See, if totally trust the Lord is our dependence, we need to desperately seek the Lord, which is his presence. Think about this. What are you seeking in life today? What are the dreams and the visions and the aspirations you have for your life? Well, in, in our text, David said, I want to dwell in his, I want to be with him. And not only want to be with him, but I want to delight. I, I want to see the marvel. I want to marvel at the beauty of him. And then he said, well, I want to, but I want to also want to inquire and say, but I want to dig and I want to study and meditate on the word of God. Think about it. Some people may not know this, but do you know Jesus wasn't always an adult? Jesus at first was a child. And one of my favorite moments of Jesus as a child was in, was in Luke chapter 2, verses 45 through 46, when he says, when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to him and asking them questions. And all those who heard him were astounded at his answers and his understanding. Do you know in order to really seek the Lord, you got to have what Jesus had at that time. One, you got to have the right, be at the right place. If you, if you are not in the right place with God, you can't seek God. See, that I used to hear this thing um, growing up, that wrong place, wrong time, right? Or, you know, and think about it. If you want to really seek the Lord, you got to seek him in a place where he can be found. And the problem with some of us in our lives is we're trying to make God fit in certain places where he wasn't supposed to be in the first place. We got to be where the Lord is, not try to drag him to where we want him to be. Amen? We got to be in the right place. But also we got to have the right posture because you could be in the temple and have the wrong posture. Jesus was sitting. Jesus was listening to them. Jesus was asking questions. Even right now, we could be in church, and some other thought could be on your mind. You could be in church, and a text message or a thought or a distraction could be on your mind. But, in, but Jesus was not only in the right place, he was in the right posture. And right posture always leads to proper perspective. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Psalm 42, 1 through 2 says, As a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? Not only do we have to totally trust in the Lord, not only do we have to desperately seek the Lord, but, but thirdly, patiently wait on the Lord. We got not only totally trust, not just seek, but we have to patiently wait on the Lord. 
even the verbiage there. To be patient and to wait, it's a double whammy. (laughs) That's hard to do. But Psalm 37, 34 says, wait wait for the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on, on, on when the wicked are cut off. Psalm 6, 2, and 5 says, For God alone, O O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is in him. Proverbs 20 and 22, Do not say I will pay evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will deliver you. See, waiting is hard work, yet it is one way, perhaps the only way of demonstrating God's strength manifests in our weakness. Whenever we rush frantically about trying to do it on our own, we in effect become functional atheists, denying by our actions that God is active in our lives. Often to admit that we are powerless is the first step toward acknowledging God's strength and unleashed in our lives. The well-known serenity prayer is one expression of the need to rely on God. God, grant me the serenity, accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. As one writer put it, acceptance is not resignation or despair, but a step of trust and commitment. It means acknowledging my need to rely on God alone. It is an expression of the confidence that the psalmist of Psalm 1 of 27 verse 13 says, I am still confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He says this in the presence of enemies, even though God is not immediately apparent. And we all know the very popular verse of Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary, but his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they, but they who wait on the Lord shall, not might, shall, not maybe, renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. As I, as I close today, let me give you this big idea. When our desires are many, we can miss the one thing that really matters. However, when the Lord is our one desire, nothing else really matters. Let me say that again. When our desires are many, we can miss the one thing that really matters. However, when the Lord is our one desire, nothing else really matters. In church, let's just, let's just remind ourselves this morning of how important it is to have one desire. See, when Jesus Christ came down from heaven to come on earth, he had one desire. That one desire was to fulfill his father's mission. When he was abused and criticized and rebuked, he had one desire. When he was bruised, when he was pierced and crucified for our sins, he had one desire. When he was buried in the tomb and stayed there Friday night and stayed there Saturday night, he had one desire. Early Sunday morning, three days later, he got up and he rose and completed his mission because he had one desire. And if Jesus can have one desire, what about you and what about me? If Jesus can make his one mission to seek and to save those who are lost, for those in this room who already know the joy, that joy that you have in your life, that joy you have for salvation has only come because Jesus made it his one desire. And if he did it for you, and if he did it for me, then we can do it for him. Let me ask you a couple questions as I close. Next steps for you. Have you placed your total trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? If so, is the Lord your one desire? 
Another question, what are you waiting on the Lord for today? Ask him to help you stay encouraged as you wait on him. And lastly, I would challenge you with this. Spend some time in personal worship this week just to be in the presence of the Lord. I know it's hard. It's definitely hard for me. And I know it's hard for you because you have a phone, you have tablets, you have screens, you have responsibilities, you have busy lives. When's the last time outside of church you just wanted to be at home in the presence of the Lord? Because he's our one desire. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you. And God, we praise you for the one thing that David talked about in Psalm 27. The one thing, God, that says, I just want to be with you. I want to dwell in your presence. I want to delight in you. I want to dig into your word. Lord, if we're going to have that same thing as David has, we got to totally trust in you. God, we got to be dependent in you. God, we need to seek you. We need to wait on you. God, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice and all those who are listening or watching online that they would make you the one thing. Lord, there are some in the house today. They don't know about you being the one thing because they've not even made the step to choose you as the one way, the one truth, the one life. I pray that today will be their day. As they sense in their heart, they would believe this, that Jesus Christ, I'm a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again. And I confess that I want you to be Lord over my life. That God, as they repent and they return to you, you change their life forever. And for those who already have, well, Lord, challenge us. Move us this week to make you our one desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. Praise God. God bless you.